It's hard to believe, but the Minnesota State Fair starts this week. Is that a big deal for you? Are you one of those that has been dreaming of the State Fair for the past two years now? You know, some people just love to go to the State Fair to see the biggest pig, to, to listen to great concerts, to watch the guy demonstrate the latest kitchen gadgets that can slice and dice, most likely your fingers if you actually buy it, but the demonstrations are great, they're always entertaining. And then, of course, there's the rides and, and the games and the people watching and the food. This year, there are 27 new foods that will be at the fair. Everything from cucumber jalapeno lime aid to vegan chorizo corn dogs to... It gets better. Jumbo donut sundaes and s'mores funnel cakes. <laughs> now, of course, there's also a ton of stuff to eat on a stick because the state fair is a walking banquet. But not everyone loves the state fair. Some people find all sorts of excuses not to go to the fair. It's too hot. It's too crowded. It's too expensive. And, and maybe this year, it's too dangerous. But I'm one of those who loves the fair, and I, and I have ever since I, uh, I went there as a 4-H'er. To me, there is no better way to end the summer than to sit at a bench on the, at the state fair with a basket of cheese curds and a corn dog and a vanilla shake from the dairy building. So what are your favorites? Let me hear some of the favorite foods from, from the state fair. Anybody got one? Mini donuts. Mini donuts. Corn dogs, pork chops, what? And, and what else? Pork chops. Pork chop, a lot of votes for pork chop on a stick. Okay, the cheese curds. Oh, I can't believe no one's mentioned Sweet Martha's cookies. Yes. Yes. Australian potatoes, okay. Yeah, I had an alligator once at the fair. That, uh, there's all sorts of things. You know, going to the, going to the fair and, and, and eating is just, you know, it's about as good as it gets. Now, I'm not going to equate the Minnesota State Fair with heaven because we all know that heaven is a baseball field in Iowa. But, but the State Fair does remind me of one of Jesus' parables. It's the parable of the great heavenly banquet that we find in, in Luke chapter 14. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. But Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who'd been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Another, still another said, I just got married so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, 
what you ordered has already been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, Go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. Like the state fair, some people are thrilled to be able to go to the banquet, and others make excuses not to. I just bought a field, I have to go check it out. I just bought five yoke of oxen, and I have to try them. And I wonder, how rich is this guy that he buys five team of oxen at a time? I just got married, so I'm a bit busy right now. Nowhere does Jesus say that these people are lying. They're just making up excuses. But still they miss out because they're too busy or they just don't realize how great the banquet will be. In spite of all their property and their animals and their family, they miss out on the feast. So who comes then? Well, Jesus says the poor, the disabled, the blind, the lame, the ordinary people from the city streets and the country roads, people who aren't quite so busy, people who are hurting, people who don't have it all together, like those who are invited, people who, who realize how great the banquet will be, and they're thrilled to get a chance to go. As is so often the case in Jesus' parables, things are, are turned on their heads in God's kingdom. The first are last, the last are first. The people who have everything end up with nothing. He comes right out and says, says this in his Beatitudes in, in Luke's version of them. It's in chapter 6. Looking at his disciples, Jesus said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven, for that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. Blessed are you who are poor, because you're not too busy with your new property or your five yoke of oxen to show up for the feast in God's kingdom. Blessed are you who weep now because you're not too busy celebrating to hear God's invitation. Blessed are you when the world excludes you and insults you and rejects you because you realize how important it is that God includes you. But as for those who have it made, Jesus says, but woe to you who are rich, for you've already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed, for you will go hungry. Maybe to put it in another way, you could say, you have to be hungry to want God's feast. You have to be needy to know that you need a Savior. You have to be rejected to know how good it is to be loved by God. It's not that a comfortable life makes it impossible to come to God. It's just that it, that it gives us so many excuses to put it off. That's why 
Jesus says, as strange as it may be, blessed are you who are poor and hungry and crying and rejected because you know how wonderful it is to be touched by God's love. You won't toss away the invitation just because you've got other things to do. Earlier this summer, we were able to record a conversation with someone who's been worshiping with us online. She is the niece of a resurrection member here, and she's been our prayer, on our prayer list as she has battled with addiction and, and imprisonment. Aaron says that she started drinking in the fifth grade. By the eighth grade, every day, it was rum or vodka. Not a day went by. At 17, she had a child, but she left that father to take up with another guy, had another, another child. It was not a good relationship. In the years that followed, it was more drugs and, and alcohol and a stint in jail. Everyone turned her back on her. She started having seizures and shakes, and she cried out to God, Why? My Lord. Aaron's the kind of person that Jesus is talking about. The kind of person whose life is filled with troubles and shame. She says that she was homeless, heartbroken, addicted, and rejected. And yet out of that, it led her to her spiritual awakening. It led her to healing in, in AA. It led her to appreciate God's blessings. Let's, uh, let's watch as she concludes her story here on this little video clip. My aunt, my aunt Diane Tuttle, um, she was asking the church to pray for me and to write me while I was incarcerated. Um, I was very grateful for that. I was an alcoholic and addicted to drugs. I was in jail for a little while, and uh, she asked the church to pray for me, always putting in, going an extra mile for me to keep me comfortable in there for prayer and stuff. She's just so determined. She's always been a great person with a great heart, never judged me, just has always been there for me through thick and thin, you know? I just really appreciate her always believing me, believing in me and the church backing me up without even knowing who I was. I would sleep with the cards that Diane and everybody at the church that she had ready or to write me. I would sleep with them at night for my protection. I felt safe and um, secure sleeping with my, having my, all my envelopes like in the mail and just holding them and going, going to sleep. <laughs> Being a mother to my kids, they wake up and see their mom not drinking. They're, they're seeing so far, I have and I'm doing it on my own. You know, I'm keeping my word. I'm loving myself again. I got a full-time job. It's just, it feels good to know that I still have me and I'm just getting to know me again. And um, I see that people love me. You know, it's not, I'm not in that toxic world anymore. You know, it's so great, like, driving to work instead of driving to the liquor store you know it's like i got a reason to wake up in the morning you know and not and not need a drink 
thank you, Res thank you, Resurrection Church, for always having faith in me and believing in me and praying for me and just everything that you've done for me in my life. I really appreciate it. And I will continue to watch your worship from afar every Sunday. Yeah. Aaron, I hope you're watching today, and I want to thank you for having the courage to, uh, to share that with us. I want to ask you, how many times has your name appeared on, on our prayer list? How many times have, have you had someone say, I'm praying for you? How many times have you received a, a, a card of encouragement from a fellow Christian to lift up your spirits? What did it mean to you? Did you even give it any thought? Did you take it for granted, just like the folks in Jesus' story took God's invitation for granted? Or did you realize what a gift you'd been given? Did you hold on to those prayers and those cards for dear life, like Aaron did? Resurrection Church, the prayers that you offered for Aaron, the cards that you sent, the love that you showed in Jesus' name became an instrument of God's grace. They became a taste of God's heavenly banquet. And Aaron was only too excited to receive those blessings. In her time of need, you were there for her. Thank you for sharing God's love. Every time you pray for someone who's, who's listed in, in the bulletin as, as in need of prayer, like Aaron was, Every time you get on the email prayer chain to, to lift somebody up, every time you send a card or make a visit or make an offering or make a prayer shawl, you are making a difference. You are blessing someone with the love of Christ. But I've got to ask you, are you willing to receive too? Are you willing to accept the blessing God's offered? To accept his invitation to sit down with him? Or do you have other priorities? Is there always another field to inspect, oxen to try out, and wedding reception to attend? And the things of God's kingdom just kind of get pushed to the side. In Jesus' story, the ones who should know best how great the invitation is, are they don't make it to the, to the banquet. They've been given an invitation, they don't even make it to the banquet because they're too busy with other things and they didn't realize what they're missing out on. But the poor, the disabled, the rejected, the broken, the ones who are struggling, they're the ones that, that are so happy to be able to go to the feast and to be with God. So who are we? Are we the ones who accept or the ones with excuses? Are we too busy for God or are, or are we needy enough to show up and be a part of God's kingdom? Because God promises a great feast in God's kingdom. And, and all that we experience right now, well, that's just an appetizer. That's just a little foretaste of what's to come. It's kind of like last year in the state fair. As you know, that there wasn't the, the regular state fair last year. But people were so hungry for their favorite state fair foods 
that they put together a drive-through state fair food parade, and they sold tickets to it. And the tickets sold out in minutes. I didn't get one. So I, I, I drove to Ellsworth for fried cheese curds. <laughs> and I drove to, to Vermilion for euros at a food truck. And I drove to Coburn's parking lot to get my corn dog. <laughs> now those are good. But they were nothing like the feast that I'm going to have at the State Fair this year. And all the blessings that we have here in this life, all the food, all the love, all the joy, well, that's good too. But it's nothing. It's just a little preview to the endless banquet God has prepared for us in heaven. As the 23rd Psalm says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. May we accept God's invitation to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let us pray. Lord, this uh, past summer you've blessed us with many things. Some of those things we've waited a long time to experience Others were brand new, and others just turned out a little bit different than we expected. But you have given us so many good things, good food to eat, good friends, good church. You have blessed us with your goodness, and we are thankful. And Lord, we accept. We accept your invitation to be your people to enter into your kingdom. We accept the, the call, the upward call towards heaven. Lord, when our lives get busy and crazy, may they not be too busy for you. May we always be prepared to say yes to your invitation. In your name we pray.